0: Ooh, figure out my family, polygonometry, polygonometry. Who probably need a PhD, polygonometry, polygonometry. Oh, it's the math of my family tree, the math that leads to my pedigree, oh, it's the math of my life, polygonometry. Hey!
1: Oh my heck, you're listening to polygonometry. <laughs> This is a sit-down podcast listener thing where each week I sit down with a member of my family and we talk about what it's like kicking his sister-wife style. Uh, By the way, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, Messenger Pigeon, Smoke Signals, uh, The Pony Express, anything. Send them in. Uh, We'll be able to get it figured out, hash it out. Maybe you'll be featured, maybe your question or concern will be featured on the next ANYSR. Who knows? Uh, But the episode this week is with one of my most favorite people on planet Earth. And I know that I say that almost every single time that I have a guest on the show, but I mean it because how lucky am I that I have so many people in my life that are my favorite? Seriously, I'm so fortunate. Dude, I love my family, man. And if you are part of my family and you're listening to that, that means I love you, dude. I love you. How cool is that to admit as a dude? I think that's great. I think that's awesome. And vulnerability is the theme of the episode this week, probably. I don't know. It might be. But uh, the guest on the uh, the show this week, um, she is the oldest of 25 kids. 25. And in the episode, you're going to hear us say 26. And that's going to be okay. Because a lot of times in polygamy, you'll lose track of your family members. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, No, we we accidentally say 26. and, And we both were under the assumption that it was 26. But we realized after we did a recount (laughs) that it's actually 25 children. Um, She has been on TLC. She is one of my best friends. And I'm very close with this young woman. And uh, she is amazing. And I really hope that you guys enjoy the episode that I have with my mom's older brother's first wife's oldest daughter.
2: So, <laughs> we were just sitting there talking, you know, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I had a great childhood, but, you know, fuck polygamy. I there hate you it. I don't like it. That's where like I'm it. at. Okay. And, but that's my everyday life. That's my family. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to take it personally. Yeah. They just, I, that's what I'm afraid of. Okay. Them taking maybe my feelings about it personally.
1: Okay. So That makes sense. And that's a mature stance to take, I think, because since it is their life and it's your life. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. it's my everyday life. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I was listening to yours and Ari's podcast and you guys are talking about how you're removed from it. And that's something that I think I didn't, I, it's something I've always felt, but I never knew how to vocalize it until now. And yeah. it's, I've been jealous of people like you, like my husband, like Ari, oh, really? where, Wow. You understand polygamy, but you can remove yourself from it if you want to. There is a distance. There's a distance there. Yeah. For me, if I do that, I uh, there's just no way for me to completely remove myself from polygamy. And not that I necessarily want to. It's just the heartache that comes with everyday life in polygamy is mm-hmm. maybe something that just can't quite be understood. Like, you, you know what it's like to grow up in that community, but.
1: Not as explicitly as you. And it's, a, I have the luxury of being able to be like, okay, I don't have to deal right. with this anymore. Right. Whereas with you, it's literally, you can't get yeah. away from it.
2: You see the heartache and the behind closed doors feelings of polygamy. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, uh, you know, that's something I don't get to walk away from mm-hmm. or I, I can, and then have a very distant relationship with my family. It's, you know, it, yeah. it's, I, it's by my own choosing and I know that. Sure. So.
1: Have you attempted to, to, like, do that in the past?
2: Um, no, I th- and that's why I said, you know, moving to Utah is brought like, that's why I wasn't ready when you first asked me. Mm-hmm. I was in the thick of taking oh. all of that on, of, like, because yeah. moving up here to Montana, I was distant enough. Like, I could just, I would get a phone call, and I would be told something, or, you know, but I could turn off that phone and be, go along my life up here yeah. because I was removed from it. Mm-hmm. Down there, I go into that house every day now. Yeah, And that was a big learning curve I was not expecting mm. when I moved back to Utah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny that you say that because you grew up, you're the oldest of 26. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I remember you telling me one time when we were having coffee one morning on my mom's porch where I asked you, like, like what do you... Because you were... I, I remember you... Uh, this was after you moved up to Montana and everything and you were... I could tell that you were homesick. Mm-hmm. And I asked you what was up, and you're just like, yeah, I just miss the noise.
0: Yeah.
1: And like that was a really weird thing for me because I mean I miss the noise too sometimes when like the I mean, you know, like when we have the whole kit and caboodle, like our side of the family gets together. It yeah. is just a rocking good time. There's yeah, just like yeah. this chaos and it's just like infectious and it's fun. There's very high energy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you feed off of it. But again, I can step back and be like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, nope. I'm tired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And-
1: so when I hear you say, like, yeah, I was able to finally get away from the noise, but also combating the idea that, like, yeah, you miss it and you yeah. like it a little yeah. bit.
2: Yeah. When you get removed from it long enough, then you kind of go, oh, wait a minute. I actually did enjoy having a lot of noise around. You know, you just realize what your everyday life was. And I don't know. You realize how much you love people be, being around you, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that because I'm, I would say I'm a very um, selective in who I let into my bubble nowadays. Sure. Yeah, and that so makes the, sense. So it's kind of the opposite. You would think I would be totally chill with big, large crowds all the time when it's probably the opposite. I get a lot of anxiety going into big, mm-hmm. large, large crowds. What it's, do you think that's from? kind of weird. Um, like,
1: is because, like, I mean, you come from a big crowd.
2: I know. I come from a very <laughs> massive crowd. Yeah, a huge
1: crowd. And so, um, we'll give some context. So, you right. are the oldest child of 26. Yep. Oldest of 26. And I, okay, so I've, like, talked about you to, like, various friends. Um, not like, okay, yeah, my cousin Carly, like she, you know, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's like, oh, yeah, my cousin, I mean, she's the oldest of 26. And they're like, 26? Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, yeah, like yeah. how does that even happen? Yeah. Um, and your mom was the first out of five wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, growing up, you know, I never knew what it was like to have just one mom. My dad was married again before I was even born. I don't know if really, knew that. Yeah.
1: I didn't know. I thought that you were born and then he picked up the other wives.
2: (laughs) No, no. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. My second sister, you know, the one just below me. She is only nine months younger than I am. That's
1: right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow.
2: So it, growing up, I, I, I have literally never known anything else. I have always, always, always had another mom. There's a sibling no, from another mom.
1: That's so interesting to me to know that they like your brain lacks the structure. And this is not an insult, by the way. Oh, no. I it's know. like your brain lacks the structure of what it's like to just have a mom and a dad.
2: Yep. You've I don't always. That.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's so crazy.
0: <laughs>
2: and that, that goes into when I got married and had my own relationship in marriage. You know, you, you get out into the world, move away from family. You kind of go back home and you go, oh, wait a minute. Like, so this is what marriage is like. And I go home and I see my parents' relationship. You know, my dad, he has, you know, his individual relationship with each of the moms. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is different. And that's when I think I started realizing that that feeling of, you know, because I I remember growing up and uh, like you would talk to people about polygamy so easily and that was something that made me feel highly uncomfortable and it wasn't because I was ashamed of it Mm -hmm. but I think it was just because it was something that had a lot of pain that I didn't understand okay and then when I got married I started to be able to understand that pain of like there's a lot that goes into living polygamy there's a lot of emotions there's so much more
1: I can't even begin to assume what that must be like
2: yeah no it's I had a freaking good childhood, you know, like it's not like this big baggage of something that <laughs> I carry around, oh, look at me, you know, it's just more of, you don't understand it until you have something different in your life. Yeah. You know, I had to move away and get married for me to go, oh, this is what a monogamous marriage looks like. Yeah. Oh, this is what it feels like. This is what most of the world sees and experiences. Wow.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is what it's like to be normal. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I
2: I remember growing up in in elementary school and feeling a little bit like something was different about me. But it wasn't that I was ashamed of it. It was just more like I just didn't understand because I had no reference to go off of of what it so was. So you're like talking
1: about me. like your your uh your elementary school friends and, like, that kind of stuff. The yeah. ones that weren't living polygamy. You, right. I mean, because you went to a right. public elementary, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have that frame of reference either. I mean, I know it's a little bit of a different level of intensity that, but, like my our elementary school was pines academy mm-hmm. everybody had multiple moms mm-hmm. i was the one that was the outlier because yeah. i didn't have more than one mom yeah. <laughs> so you're the one who's just kind of like yeah i'm just like wading through this life i don't <laughs> understand what's going on here with all you guys and your monogamous <laughs> marriages yeah you yeah. <laughs> what do you mean your dad's home every night yeah yeah
2: foreign foreign thing for me what you get your dad every <laughs> night you know and with that being said though my dad he's freaking awesome and i got to see him every night and he reached yeah. out and really good dad
1: i always i always use your family's example as like polygamy done right
0: Hmm. in the best way right
1: i mean it's obvious that your family doesn't come without you know its own level of strife and struggle and i mean because that's normal i mean you would think like if your family didn't let's just say think about this I've i've tried to like hash this out in my own head with your family specifically what would your family be like if there was absolutely no drama or hardship or anything like that?
2: It would be like, um, well, I, I guess I think of moments in my life where my family is that way, when mm-hmm. we're all together enjoying each other's company and laughing. Yeah, and, you know, there's no hurt feelings there. Or here, you know, and it, it. I would say my family does have those moments um and it would just be i don't know fun yeah it's just like a big party it really is yeah a lot of people that you know closely your siblings and you get each other because you know your blood you know you understand the awkward silence you understand the you know it's just
1: that's what i also like about your family so much too is that like a lot of times in polygamous relationships and families they have almost like this mom and their kids are their kind of own thing and they don't mm-hmm. really consider the children or their other mom to be brother, sister, you know, mm-hmm. sister, wife, whatever. With your family, I've, I mean, I always consider myself lucky as far as like my families that live polygamy because like our other uncle's family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like three wives, um, you know, a bunch of kids, they consider, like, it doesn't matter which mom you came from, you are blood brother and blood sister. That is the way it goes. Right. And what's really awesome about your family is that there's, you know, certain kids that if you were to, like, pair them up, you would be like, there's no way that they're brothers. Oh, for
0: sure. I know. <laughs> like,
1: like, blonde hair, blue-eyed head kids, and yep. then, like, dark hair, brown eyes. Like, yeah, they're brother, you know, they're full brothers. Yep. It's like, there's no way. Yep, I know. <laughs> That's really yeah. interesting to me.
2: Yeah, and you get you know the variety of personalities with our family, and mm-hmm. it's it's fun. You know, we're able to come together and still hold good conversations and yeah. have fun with each other and respect that one person believes differently than you do. Yeah, totally. You know, it. I really, really love my family for that reason. That That's we're so just rad. Come into this massive house and enjoy each other's company. Yeah, like that. That's so rad. Yeah.
1: And what's cool, in a weird way, is that. There are a lot of people who don't have that. Yeah. In monogamous relationships. Yeah. And families, you know, like the stereotypical normal, you know, mom, dad, few kids, golden retriever, white picket fence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think it was like I can't remember reading it. I remember reading a stat. that's like fifty percent of all marriages don't last more than two years. Wow. They end in divorce. Wow. And how long has your dad been married? Um,
2: he's been married to my mom for. 29 years,
1: 29 years, and then 28 years or for Maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're up to the thirties now, right? Yeah. So how, so that's just with your mom though. So if yeah. we multiplied that with the other four wives, your dad's been oh married for like over 150 yeah. years.
2: Yeah. He's, he's the king of marriage. He understands what <laughs> marriage is. <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah, he,
1: he gets it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So when you, I've always wanted to ask you this and I I don't know why I never did. Did you ever find a time or was there ever a time since you were the oldest, I'm assuming that there's like a ton of responsibility being the oldest because you're always looking after the little kids, right? It's kind of half like, you know, the whole, like it takes a village to raise a family, but in your family, the whole village is the family Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you're taking care of all the younger siblings and all that stuff. Was there ever a time where you realized like, oh, this is what it's like to not be tired?
2: Um, no. And I would say I wasn't really, I never had the responsibility of taking care of my younger siblings. I never oh, really? felt that way.
1: Oh, you never felt that way. Mm-mm. Okay. I was, no, never, that's actually an interesting point. Cause if you yeah. feel like it's a responsibility, you handle it differently.
2: Right. I, well, I would say that it was just never put on me to be like, you need to take care of your younger sibling or it was never like something that was asked of me. I think more so it was, um, I'm the older sibling and set a good example cause they're looking up to you sure that's what was asked of me and um but as far as like taking care of them that was never something i think i experienced really okay i was still able to just go about being a kid you know mm-hmm. hey will you change this dirty diaper sure i can do that for you mom you yeah. know like it wasn't this like expectation that yeah. was put on me I've, okay yeah
1: yeah because i know <laughs> your second or the one just younger than you i remember i was visiting your family one night um your younger sister asked your dad like dad have you ever had a day in your life like in your married life where you haven't had to like solve a problem
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your dad like kind of leaned back and was like nope every single day
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> every single day of his life he's like had to you know figure out something to to fix or to you know settle or mm-hmm. or manage or whatever mm-hmm. and that's a really interesting thing to me just to know that like your dad has never had a day mm-hmm. where it's just been like well,
2: <sighs> yeah, where he wasn't solving day. a problem for someone or yeah. with someone. Yeah. Yeah, I know.
1: That's a crazy concept.
2: I know. I look at my dad and I, I admire him so much. What he does in it on a daily basis is just it, it, admirable. He's an amazing guy, you know? I would agree and 100%. Get, getting into the office with him and being able to work with him on a daily basis now, I get mm-hmm. to see even more so what he takes on every single day. Yeah, And it's just... I just have a lot of respect for him. That's so cool. I love my dad.
1: That's so rad. Yeah. Your dad's the best. He's he awesome. Really is. <laughs> He's super cool. Uh what I loved about or the, not what I loved but I still uh, enjoy about your father is that like even when he has 31 or technically 30, 31 mm-hmm. including himself,
0: right?
1: family to kind of look after and take care of uh whenever like our family would come down and visit or you know we would have like a family reunion or something like that. He would always like, you know, I can sit down with your dad and have a great conversation and he's paying attention and I, that kind of stuff. And your dad has this uncanny ability to never, I mean, I know that he gets tired, but like he never shows it, Right. you know, and that's admirable to me because I think yeah. that he's like, just this juggernaut of a person to where he like, he has so much to give Mm -hmm. and everything. He doesn't ask for anything in return. And that's Mm -hmm. so, that's so rad to me, Mm
2: -hmm. you know, and I go to him now just for advice, you know, Mm -hmm. in my own personal life. And that's the epitome of everything he tells me is how can you do better? Focus on you. How can you make the situation better? Take full accountability, work on yourself, create healthy habits for you because that's all you can worry about is yourself and making yourself better for the situation you
1: have to accept a, a certain lack of control yes when yeah. you're in his position probably yeah it's out of my hands yep.
2: <laughs> yeah i know I, and that's maybe that brings up a topic that might be you know a fun road to go down is sure um with my family they all grew up in this religion that taught them that this is what you do especially yeah. the, the the wives so you're
1: moms. yeah because your dad was raised lds converted yep. to polygamy essentially yep. but every one of his five wives grew up in polygamy yeah yeah so yeah. all five of them knew that they were going to be living polygamy at some point right or felt as though that was what they were going to do
2: right they, that's what they were raised or taught that yes. that's what yeah. you should do yep. Right. Yep. yeah so they all you know did as they were taught got married lived polygamy they mm-hmm. my dad you know was the bishop he was went really high up in ranks in the church yeah um, and then he Got to a point where he didn't feel like it was right. He left and then on his own, he left on his own. And then each of my moms followed in their own pace, in their own way. Yeah. And that's what I think is cool. It's they each did it on their own accord. It wasn't just to follow my dad. It was. So your dad on. wasn't like,
1: okay, yeah, this polygamy stuff is, you know, a bunch of horse shit. Right. See, ya. He, see ya. See you ya later, five yeah. families.
2: What, what he had done <laughs> is said, I made a commitment to these women and I love them. Like it's more than just. Getting me to the highest kingdom in heaven, it was I love these women and I'm going to take care of them. I've made this commitment. And that's what each one of my moms have chosen to do, too, is they've made this commitment to this family. And that's why they're still choosing every day. It's a choice to be yes. together.
1: I, I couldn't agree more.
2: And that, for me, is really admir- admirable. Admirable. Yeah. do you say that word. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's a testament to the kind of caliber of women that your dad married.
2: Yeah. Like sure.
1: all of them stuck around yeah first off they're sharing their husband four different ways yeah and you know it's one in every five nights that the husband is you know with them that night mm-hmm. and everything and like the fact that all of them were like you know what i'm sticking through with this yeah that's so badass yeah.
2: losing their their foundation of, of a belief system that supports their way of living mm-hmm. and just choosing to live that life because of commitment and just pure love yeah
1: pure love and commitment instead of the dogmatic religiosity of the polygamy part right so your dad lives polygamy but without the the religion
2: yep yeah because you know the commitment they made to each other
1: and that was the entire premise of uh when your family was on TLC right
2: right essentially yep
1: Yep. I've never asked you what that was like for you when that whole thing started kicking off Uh, like being on TLC and getting mic'd up and the whole camera cruise and like that kind of thing Oh
2: man uh it was, it was a good, it was an experience. It was good. Had it's good and it's bad. You know, I think mm-hmm. anyone it's, it, it was just, yeah, it was an experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is that all you, you
1: want to <laughs> say about that?
2: <laughs> it was fun. There was a lot of fun things about it. There was a lot of fun things about it, but yeah, there was, you know, some things that I didn't enjoy so much either.
1: Sure. So, yeah. Going to Washington with your family and signing ndas and you know Mm -hmm. hanging out with the camera crew was really interesting for us Mm because we were just like you know Mm -hmm. this auxiliary like background family that was just you know orbiting you guys because you guys were obviously the main thing of the whole show like your dad and i mean the show was called my five wives Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the fact that tlc paid for us to go like whale watching and um
2: which i missed by the way
1: Wait, you missed that yes you weren't what happened
2: I was morning sick with Huck. Oh, <laughs> My first baby. Oh, I was no. sick as a dog.
1: Oh, no. That was yeah. such a fun trip. I know. That sucks, dude. Yeah. Huck. Duh. Yeah, I
2: know. <laughs> Freaking having kids. <laughs> yeah,
1: duh. You were pregnant. You couldn't go whale watching.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah. it was,
1: and then we also, I mean, we were talking about on the drive home from that whole experience hanging out with the camera crews and stuff, where we all kind of, like, found an... Uh, an unexpected appreciation for reality television. And I think it was because of the way that your dad lobbied for creative control with yeah. TLC and yeah. like being signed as an executive producer and like what he says kind of goes mm-hmm. um, instead of just having like these Hollywood hotshots just directing the whole thing. But I would say that there was a lot about it from just my perspective that was so fucking annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. i can only assume that it was like that for you but like yeah. the example that i'm thinking of is when grandpa was telling bigfoot stories around the campfire
0: yeah
1: um and i can't remember which of your younger brothers asked a question like you know does bigfoot actually did he actually say or what does bigfoot sound like or something like that right. or whatever and then the producer came in and was like all right okay cut
0: mm-hmm. all right we're
1: gonna do that one more time but this time can you say it with a little bit more passion okay and
0: right go yeah
1: And then your little brother, who's, like, seven, was like, I already asked the question. Like, you know, because it kind of, like, it's almost like you had to repeat reality a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that seemed to, like, the more you had to do takes of saying the same thing that you would have just said, you know, organically. Yeah. Like, how weird would it be to be like, okay, Carly, we're going to cut this right now. And we're going to, so your family was on TLC.
2: Yeah. You know, and, like, do that
1: again. It just wouldn't feel as genuine. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really annoyed us.
2: I would say that's probably was my biggest, uh, like annoyance with it all is just it they didn't set us up to say certain phrases or to be cer- a certain way it was just we didn't they didn't catch it just right on film they didn't you know so we'd have to re-say something or the, the lighting wasn't right or something like that so then you had yeah. to say the same phrase like five times till they got the right shot you know yeah and so that's what was just really annoying and then eventually it just didn't feel genuine anymore so it's just like me
1: yeah he didn't really care
2: yeah it's just yeah that's and i think sometimes that can be portrayed you know you see that it wasn't a genuine take when really the first take was genuine but it didn't look right or didn't sound right or they didn't catch it just right so, yeah
1: right yeah. that's probably well now that i think about it that's probably the reason why people are like oh reality shows are fake
0: right yeah Is because
1: the one that you see the on the, the one that makes the final cut is the phrase that they've said like 12 times yep. and they just have, they're fatigued. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't seem genuine. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is fake. Yeah. It's like, no, they're just tired. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's a crazy. And so you guys had two seasons on TLC
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and didn't get picked up for a third. Yeah. Yeah.
2: By, I think it was more by my dad's own choosing.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. If, if I'm remembering right, I think there was some. Um, stipulations, and my dad wasn't going to agree with them, and
1: like with the contracting, and right, kind of thing. right. And
2: it was just kind of like, no, well, this is a good place to end it. Then we're not going to move forward with this. So,
1: did you meet any other like TLC level celebrities when you were going through that time?
2: No, I do know my parents did. Yeah, but us kids, no.
1: I remember your dad telling me about the time he met Honey Boo Boo.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
1: and how right. uh, they were like Honey Boo Boo's mom was telling him how like their favorite recipe for spaghetti.
2: Do you like remember ketchup that ketchup and sugar or something like that? It was like,
1: I think what your dad was telling me, and I could be completely wrong, I need to I just need to ask your dad. But I remember him saying, like, yeah, she was telling me, like, yeah, the best way to make spaghetti <laughs> is to just cook up the noodles like normal, and then you squirt like three bottles of ketchup, three sticks of butter, and you call it good.
2: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, gross. Tummy ache right there.
1: Ugh, oh, just man. ketchup and butter and noodles? Oh. Mm. And that is everything that we need to know about Honey Boo. (laughs) It tells a lot. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm trying to think of some other questions that I have for you.
2: There's a lot of places I can take this. Um, I'm following you. All right. I'll take your lead. So growing up, I had a lot of pride in my family. Okay. And I would say I still do. And there's some help like there's a healthy level of pride to have in your family and standing by your family. Sure,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
2: So, growing up, you know, I was really like proud to be a Williams. And mm-hmm. I went to school and I was proud of who my siblings were and who my dad and my parents were. And um as I got older, gotten to be a teenager, the Williams family name didn't within our group didn't come with a very good our grandfather made a yeah. good reputation for that name
1: as as people have <laughs> probably heard on the podcast already <laughs> with our mutual grandfather's story mm-hmm. <laughs> specifically with you know aunt virginia yes yeah. um definitely did not make a uh, a solid foundation for easy uh I don't know. It just seemed like since we were grandpa's grandkids, mm-hmm. cause I definitely got that flack too, mm-hmm. you know, but I had the luxury of having the last name that I do. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I, I want to acknowledge that. Like I, I was treated a lot differently than my mutual Williams cousins because of me being a Jessup. Um, but he did not really, um, nobody really liked him mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the very mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when he was going, well, I mean, that happened before both of us were born, but then with him kind of just sticking to it, and being like I'm not going to go back on my word because that's how it happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: and well, yeah
2: yeah for for it was me difficult too it was with k okay, so like the little backstory here, growing up in the a u b am I allowed to say that mm-hmm, um.
1: You can say whatever the hell you want. You can say the word fuck. I wouldn't care. You can say penis on my podcast and I'm not going to cut it.
2: (laughs) Oh man. Um, okay. So growing up in the AUB had a lot of family pride. Loved it. I remember walking down the street of my hometown. Um, and it was like we were doing the parade. It was like celebrating Rocky Ridge days, you know, walking sure. down the street. And I was holding a banner and just loving that I was Brady Williams' daughter, you mm-hmm. know. And because my dad was the bishop, I would be able to go sit on the front row seat of church. Oh, in Oh,
0: yeah. And I, and I had
2: pride now, you know, a little bit of like a bratty thing, if, sure. if you will. Like, I just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm that, his daughter. I think I, that would be
1: normal for anyone. Right, right. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, you know, growing up in that and then um, he... Eventually, they left the group, and then I saw the amount of, oh, judgment and heartache that that brought my family to to leave the group and to receive all the judgment and the rumors and harsh things about them.
1: It was kind of like the biggest deal, right? Like when your dad, like, because your dad was bishop, but not only was he bishop, it sounds like I mean he was on the fast track to like council member, profit level stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I remember being a young teenager, and my friends being worried for me, because my dad was leaving. Sitting down and talking with me, and giving me phone calls, and really,
1: yeah, like what was that? Sounds really patronizing from yeah. them. Did you feel like that was the thing, or did you feel like, oh, my friends, my friends care about me? Like, what was that like for you?
2: i think it was more i i felt shadowed by the william family name the williams family name it oh. was like i'm my own person i can make my own decisions and i think throughout a lot of my teenage years i tried to make that point and make that stand of like mm-hmm. because i did i received judgment i mean yeah one of uh, you can I don't say the know, you, I don't... <laughs> you can
1: say the name and i can drop it
2: out okay yeah so when i me and we're yeah. liking each other mm-hmm. and then he sent me that message like i was thinking he's going he was gonna go talk to my dad he was gonna ask me out sure and then he sent me a message late at night hey i talked to my mom and she said i can't date you because you're brady williams's daughter yeah and i was just like what <laughs> like <laughs> okay i don't want to date you anymore <laughs>
0: then, yeah
2: like you're gonna not date me because of who my dad is you know i received that kind of judgment a lot of yeah. being shadowed over because of my dad's actions or the Williams family name. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like there were quite a few, you know, situations in my life where I had to like take a stand and be like I'm my own person. Yeah. I can make my own decisions. You know, and even after my family did leave the group, I continued going to church because I think just for myself I wanted to prove to myself that I can make that choice on my own. Like oh, just because my parents okay. left doesn't mean I have to leave. Oh, okay. I want to leave on my own accord. You know? Sure, sure. And that's how you know I met Jake. I was still kind of hanging out with the youth and yeah, things like yeah, that. yeah. And then I was kind of a bad influence on my <laughs> husband and oh, kind of yeah. led you're him a astray. bad influence on your husband. I know it's the from, other way around. I was gonna but. say, from,
1: if anybody knows your husband, you know that he's the one who's the bad influence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know i love him but <laughs> it you know coming into that family too i received a lot of like yep. there was a lot of tiptoe eggshell because mm-hmm. it was because of where his, his mom's daughter. family comes yeah, exactly. from and yeah 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 exactly. for sure there was a lot of history there and i think growing up that was probably my biggest thing is i just i would be prejudged for the actions of the Pete of People would not see me for me. They saw me for the family I came from. Yeah. And that was something I struggled with throughout my teenage years of trying to make my own person in that. And you know, because I think a lot was of it people Yeah, I by... think a lot of
1: people have that, whether it's good or bad.
2: Right, yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, going back to what I said earlier, just the, the fact that I had the last name Jessup, I got away with a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, conversely, with having the last name of Williams, you're you're Rod Williams's Mm -hmm. granddaughter or Mm -hmm. even on top of that, you're Brady Williams's daughter.
2: And it can be taken positive or negative depending on the person you're talking to.
1: Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, finally. Yes. It's so great that your dad left. Good for him. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, I love that you're I love your grandpa. He's eccentric as hell. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little weird, but we love him. Yeah. You know, or it's like, oh, you're you're one of them. Yeah,
2: hmm. silent, stink eyes. Yeah, stink eyes, <laughs> sideways glances.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Yeah,
2: that's no, horrible. but it, it's you. You take it. You try to take it from, or for me, I eventually got to a place where I had to just try to understand where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's where I was able to not be affected by it so much. Okay, is that they from their standpoint? Yeah, I wasn't picture perfect person they imagined their kid to be with. Yeah. You know, they were worried about their own kids' salvation or influence or what I was going to bring to the table and Yeah. That's fair too, you know, to each their own, you know. I would
1: agree. I would agree with that. Like there is there is something to be said about like, hey, look. I mean, a, a lot of the criticism that I've gotten from from doing this podcast has been like, you're just ragging on everybody. Mm. All you want to do is just talk shit mm. or talk shoot. Um ta- crap. <laughs> crap talking. Um and that's not my intention whatsoever. And I've said this numerous times before, but it's worth it's worth saying again. Like I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of really amazing people that still practice polygamy, that still yes. believe in these yeah. things that I or you don't believe in anymore. Right. Just because they do doesn't make them bad people or make yeah. them crazy lunatic people from up on the hill mm-hmm. or whatever. And they are just working with what they have. And sometimes that results in sideways glances, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm judgments and all this different stuff. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't Mm -hmm. excuse those actions at all. But I also want to acknowledge the fact that they are just kind of going through their life in their own way. And if I want them to acknowledge that with me, then I have to acknowledge that for them.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. You have to just to each their own and respect that, you know, respect that people are... I don't even know how to say it. Just people are people, people are people and they have their own life experiences. And who am I to tell them they're right or wrong for that? You know, yeah. as long as they're not inflicting harm on others, then totally you do you
1: boo. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you do you honey boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you continued to go to church after your parents had kind of like split off and done their own thing. Right. So my question is how long were you going to church before you decided to stop going? Like, what was that timeline like?
2: Hmm um a couple years really yeah
1: oh okay so I that's longer saying, than I expected
2: yeah I remember when I was yeah, like 13 14 mm-hmm. I had my little friend group I would hang out with all the time and that's when my it started getting out that my dad was leaving the group it
1: started getting out <laughs> like COVID <laughs> it's going around guys
2: when the rumors Where, started wear your masks <laughs> yeah the rumors started you know happening and Hear kind of crazy, random, off the wall things of your family. You're like, what? What were some? What
1: were some of the things that you guys that you heard?
2: Um, I remember my when my moms decided to go get their ears pierced. (laughs) <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? How stupid is plus that? Year-old women going to go get their ears pierced. Did
1: oh, oh, they all kind of like go together to go get it done?
2: Yeah, it was oh, like that's they did so like cool. the support, like you know, best friends, like we're doing yeah. this together. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're having a, a, a <laughs> gal pal date. Yeah, that's awesome. So girls' went, day
2: went and got the ears pierced, and you know, I I I, I don't remember specific of any sort of um rumor.
1: But that seemed to be like them going to get their ears pierced. Like, look at all of them going and desecrating their respective right. temples together. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, And I, I remember
1: that's so my stupid. friends
2: getting together and calling my other groupie guy friends up north. That yeah. they're worried about me because you know my family, my dad was leaving. So then, the guy friends called me and was like, "Hey, they." They called me up and told me you you know, your dad's leaving and just we're just want to talk to you about that. And I remember sitting on my bed talking to them for you probably know who they are.
1: You'd have to say their names again. And and again, I can drop them out, okay. so go ahead. So it
2: was like, like Oh okay. those those young boys. I don't remember at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. had like a little friend group. Sure, sure. Like liking on each other, you know, oh, yeah. a little
1: bit. Yeah, it's really incestuous. It was Dude. it was fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So so I just yeah they called me up and worried for my salvation. Oh. And that was when I was like 13, 14 and then I met Jake, my husband now, when I was 17. Mhm. So I would say between the time I was 13 to 17, I was still choosing to go to church. And honestly, that was my whole life. I didn't have a big social group outside of the The religion, the religion. So I I continue to go to all of the youth activities and go to church because Mm -hmm. that's where my friends were, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why church is such a powerful thing for people because it provides that social need or that sense of community belonging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It fills
1: that void that people have.
2: Right. I mean,
1: humans are social.
2: Yeah, for sure. So yeah. And then met my now husband and I remember going to church with him once and we got back in the car and we weren't really official, like I it, like. Was it, it
1: up here in Montana or was it? In, it was down there in, in Salt Utah. Lake. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um. And it wasn't like we weren't official. We just kind of knew we were liking on each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: such a that's a fun time though. <laughs> you know, it it's is. it's fun. It is. You know? <laughs> that's the greatest thing because like you both know that you're liking on each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Or as my mom says, you're woofing on each other. Yep,
2: yep. I love your mom. I love her <laughs> choice of words.
1: <laughs> She's so funny. Uh, it's like, yeah, who are you woofing on? Yep. It's like that's a weird way to say it, mom. I'm not a dog.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, because yeah. you always know, like, no matter what, there's they're always on your mind. Mm-hmm. They're always in the back of your head.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah. So anyway, we get get out of church, and I um I talked to I don't remember anything that was said in that meeting. But I remember saying to Jake, hmm, I didn't really like what they said when they said that. I don't really agree with that. What do you think? I had just like challenged
0: oh, what, what they had said in shit
2: church. And that. That's had, a
1: risky move. Yeah, I know. Holy shit.
2: But for me, that's a little, you know, backstory here. Growing up, that's how my dad always was, though. My dad was always one to let you just think about things you don't have to follow by the book you mm-hmm. know just you know be open to ideas and stuff so I
1: remember okay I don't mean to interrupt
2: no you're good but
1: I it. there was this uh we were hanging out and it was that friend group
0: mm-hmm.
1: they started kind of talking about your dad this was like after he had already left and, and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff and I was still kind of like hanging out with the pioneers and the groupies but not really Go. I, I had already stopped going to church and all that stuff and they started talking uh bunch of crap about your dad
0: yeah
1: and about basically saying like yeah the problem that i have with brady is that uh you know he has this idea that like you can have like you can do it on your own you know i don't i don't really agree with that like you have to have a structure like you know there's like the kids and then there's like the dad and the dad is like you know then the bishop and then the bishop is the council member Mm -hmm. and then the the prophet there is a structure the prophet ultimately leads to god like it makes sense it's like Mm -hmm. this you know triangle whatever It's like, oh, it's it's like a pyramid scheme. (laughs) But I was like, why is that a problem? Like, why is it a problem to have a personal relationship with God? Mm -hmm. That's what they say, right? That God has a personal relationship with everybody. So why is it this weird thing that like we can't function with that in Mm -hmm. conjunction with what we already believe? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the issue? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he couldn't answer. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I got him stuck on it. And it sucked because like, then he just resorted back to the whole like, well, I mean, in the scriptures, it said... Blah, 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 right, blah. Right. And then yeah. at that point, I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. This is lame.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, so get we get in the car, get done with church, um, t- challenged what the speaker had said in meeting, and Jake had... this. He, he tells me that this is the moment that he knew he wanted to be with me um, because I challenged the person in meeting, and that's something that he always kind of just did, but... He, none of his friends never would he was he just he felt like he was the odd one for for thinking differently than
1: so he was, was doing that he, he was the one who was so what I'm hearing you say is like he was silently challenging right what was being talked right. about in church yeah and, and then, the fact that you voiced it and then
2: here I come and I say hey I didn't like that what do you think and he was just like what <laughs> finally she gets me <laughs> yeah and and that and I think that comes down to you know like
1: She gets me and she's pretty. (laughs) I'm going to marry her.
2: Uh, But yeah, and it kind of ties into what you were saying. It's just there. Some people just do need that train of people to follow. Some people, you know, and that's okay. That's completely fine. That's Mm -hmm. where they're at in their life and good on them. If as long as they're not hurting other people, they can do that. For me personally, though, I don't like it when people try to play God in my life, if that what do makes you mean, sense. What do you
1: mean by play God exactly?
2: They try to tell me how to live my life.
1: Oh, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, this is the way it is. This is
2: the way it is. And if you As do if this, they haven't figured it out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if people, you know, tell me I do something this way, then you're going to go to hell or you have to do it this way and you'll be promised heaven, you know, like that type of stuff I would say has never really sat well with me. Mm -hmm. And I credit a lot of that to how I was raised with my dad. My dad was, even in Sunday school church days, you know, he would still bring in Buddhism and talk about meditation and different things like that. Oh, that's another
1: thing that I wanted to talk to you about. You just brought it up. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Anyway, you were saying.
2: But yeah, so um, I credit a lot of me being able to just go to church and just, I didn't have insecurity. I didn't feel bad about challenging the person who was speaking to me. And it wasn't in a like, oh, you're stupid for doing thinking and teaching me and like,
1: yeah, you're not like right. looking for something to like combat.
2: Yeah. It was just more like, oh, okay. I see that you're saying that, but
1: I don't agree with, I that. don't agree. So. yeah.
2: And that's, and that's okay for me to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, that was never a bad thing to disagree.
1: I know. And how weird is it that that is still something that people struggle with? Like yeah. they, like if you disagree, that means you're automatically like at ends with each other as yeah. if you can't get along.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: If people would to just like honestly like shut the fuck up and listen to each other, <laughs> 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 then I think a lot of issues would be resolved.
2: I think so too. I think I think if you can just take a step back and see the person for who they are and what they're bringing to the table without taking it personally or yeah. taking it on and taking it as an attack, mm-hmm. you that offers opportunity to grow and in your own way in a way that maybe you didn't you were completely unaware of you know yeah
1: everyone has blind spots
2: exactly and
1: a lot of times when the best way to figure out where your blind spots are is to have someone say something to you that you don't like to hear
2: Mm -hmm. ask yourself why don't you like to hear that yeah why why is that a thing what's triggering me right now exactly yeah Yeah, totally and it doesn't have to be bad or scary i mean it can be a scary thing but it It usually is and i think that's the reason why
1: people are hesitant towards that and they're like you know they they have this resistance to to hearing those types of things or to, you know, hear someone's perspective from the other side, whether it's, I mean, this could go so much bigger than just religion, you know, Mm -hmm. like liberalism versus conservatism Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, Catholicism versus Mormonism. I mean, it could, it could be for anything, you know, it's like, I like my coffee with sugar. You fucking idiot. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, all of a sudden, like people are lighting their torches and pitchforks. It's like, dude, I just like what I like. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, let me be me, dude. Yeah,
2: live and let live, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to ask you, um, you brought up about like your dad doing his own version of Sunday school. Yeah. And for me, that's really cool to hear because, I mean, I knew that your dad did that, but um, with Uncle Joel being on the podcast, he talked about grandpa doing that with his family. Yeah. And that your dad did that with your family Mm -hmm. and i've been a part of a few of those um you know growing up and just hanging out with you guys and sundays Mm -hmm. was kind of like all right everybody grab the folding chairs we're going on the lawn
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know oh good old days so
1: did you what were what were those like for you because you you were talking about how you brought up like buddhism and and like all these like kind of like gleaning a lot of ideas from various religions that would be considered you know completely against the aubs you know standard belief system so you're hearing all this blasphemy from your father, that heinous man.
2: Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, honestly, it just made me love him more. Yeah. I just, um, it would make me go to church, go to meeting, and then they would, you know, teach what they taught. And I go, but wait a minute, that doesn't make sense because this, this act of meditating or Buddhism or this phrase from this, you know, religion over here that's different rings true for me. And it's good. Mm -hmm. And because it's good, there's no way someone over in the group I was raised is going to tell me that it's bad. Yeah. And I I think, too, it's just being raised with a conscience and a um, good self-awareness, I guess, of what is good for you. Yeah. And that, I think, was my dad's main um, point. He was very good about raising his kids in that way. I mean, every Saturday morning, wake up, you either get in the yard and help him out or we would go hiking. And this was some of my most fond memories is going hiking, going up to the spring. And he would teach us how to meditate at just a young age. I mean, I was maybe 10 mm-hmm. and I'd sit there and I would, he would teach us, you know, listen, how to listen, how to quiet the mind, how to breathe.
1: Oh, cool. Different
2: things like that. And I, I and I think is just, he just taught us how to be our own person. Yeah. And you can take on this world of all these different beliefs and take a, the good belief from each one and mm-hmm. make it, your own that's and no so cool. one gets to tell you no one gets to tell you that you're wrong yeah as long as it sits right with you and you're not inflicting harm on others
1: then, then, then it works exactly like why is that such a that's such a hard thing for people to digest yeah. <laughs> like we have to have this structure we have to have these scriptures and stuff and i'm yeah. not saying that what is said in the scriptures is horrible right. there's a lot of good in it there's oh, also yeah. a lot of bad like yeah. hey just because a woman's on her period i'm not gonna kill her with stones okay <laughs> like it's right. not gonna happen right yep <laughs> um but yeah, like that level of ownership and tuning into who you are is something that I find really important. And right. I still struggle with it, too. Mm-hmm. Do you ever still struggle oh, with that? Oh,
2: for sure. I think yeah. that's like, that is life. Yeah. And because you're going to take something that feels good and in five years, you're going to be like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> like, why did I believe that? Why was I living my life that way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you learned from that. So, therefore, there's the good in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, you sure it sucked and you look back on it and maybe cringe like i oh i have so many cringe worthy dude okay so that's actually life. okay i've Ugh. thought about
1: this before so you know how people say like if you're cringing at your past it means you're growing
0: mm. right mm.
1: I, I agree with that but i cringe all the time
2: oh it's my daily gosh. for me i
1: i cringe about stuff that i did this morning
2: <laughs> i hate cringing let's just not go there
1: <laughs> i want to hear some of your cringe worthy moments <laughs> why not
2: Ugh. Okay. Oh, cringeworthy moments. Um, Okay, I'll keep it within my own bubble. There you go. There (laughs) you go. Cringeworthy moment. I played the role of being the person that I think the people wanted me to be. Okay. So trying to win over the hearts of my now, you know, in-laws. Okay. I would kind of play the role or I would dumb, not dumb down myself, but I would... I just wouldn't be f- my fully true self and I would, you would do, you would
1: censor yourself. Yes. It sounds like, yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. And I cringe at that. I just, I go just like, Oh, I wish I could have just embraced who I was and just said, this is who I am. Take mm-hmm. me as I am, you know? Yeah. You know, with, you know, a grain of salt for sure. Like, don't, yeah. you can't just fling yourself into the world and say, take me, as <laughs> am, you know, but yeah, it, it, I would say that that is probably, I look back on just kind of just go, Ugh. I wish I just would have just been myself.
1: Yeah. That's that's so tough to know in the moment,
2: yeah. You know,
1: because you're always because yeah. I mean that that sense of of uh, trying to make sure that everyone's okay.
2: Yeah, and and with that being said though too, I don't think it was wrong of me to do it because oh yeah, I was, for sure. I was con- taking into consideration the people that you know. I loved this man and I wanted a good relationship with his family and I was willing to do what it took do have that good relationship and heck yeah i do it over and over again but in hindsight yeah i kind of just cringe at some of the (laughs) things you know i just i don't know (laughs) so i don't know how much of this i want to get out there okay that's that's totally fine i think about them and i don't want them to be offended because relation for me it's it's just this fine line of What I'm willing to say and how I feel about the situation and that relationship and if it's worth saying it or if the relationship is more important.
1: That's usually where it falls, doesn't it? Yep. That's where the scales are. Yeah. Like if I am truly who I am with or in front of or interacting with Mm -hmm. those people that I care about, then, you know, what am I putting at risk? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you care about the relationship. You care yeah. about what, and that's actually, that's actually a really great point that you bring up because that's why a lot of people have said no to being on the show.
0: Hmm.
1: I've asked a lot of people, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have said no mm-hmm. because they don't want to ruin their relationships, mm-hmm. you know? And my, if I were to be true to myself in front of you right now, I would say I hope, you know, that, like, it's really, it would be really weird, and I know this is, like, putting it on me a little bit, but if talking to me on my show, on this platform, on this podcast, is putting in relationships at risk, just because they are being honest, like if you were being honest, then those relationships aren't as strong as, as yeah. you, they might have hoped. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I would say if anybody were to be listening right now that is in that boat, like, I don't want to be like this super intimidating dude. Like, (laughs) I mean, you know,
2: like, like,
1: I mean, no, like I'm a, I'm a dork. I'm so stupid. Like I'm an idiot, but people have this notion that like, Oh, you're on polygonometry? So what did you say? Mm. What did you say? I don't have to listen back to it. Ah, I don't, I'm not going to listen to that shit. Shoot. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, but I don't know. I just want people to understand that. Like, I just want to hear stories and talk. That's it.
2: Yeah, for
1: sure. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about stories. I can tell you some stories of my childhood. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go down that. Jump into it.
1: Okay. So you're the oldest of 26.
2: I'm the oldest of 26. I have a younger sister Who's just nine months younger than I am. From a different mom. From a different mom. Mm-hmm. And then... Because
1: mom. your dad picked up his second wife before you were born. Before I was And you're born. the oldest.
2: And I am the oldest.
1: And you're 28.
2: I'm 28. Exactly. <sighs>
1: yeah. That's a lot of sex. <laughs> Do you know what
2: I, mean? <laughs> I go there in my mind because, I mean, I'm an adult. I get... Yeah. I, and I just... Oh, I don't want to go there in my mind. Okay,
1: I'm not honestly. okay. I just had to acknowledge that because there's so many people that like have been looking forward to members of your family being on the show. Yeah. And all of them have been like, twenty six? Dad's a fucking stallion. Yeah,
2: I know. <laughs> Seriously. My He's my dad hey, he's awesome. I'm uh, just Uncle not Bra- gonna go Uncle, down that road. Uh,
1: uh, Uncle Brady, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but your dad gets it. Yeah. I mean, he knows <laughs> if anybody knows
2: <laughs> any adult human in a relationship knows
1: well and with him being the star of a show on TLC yeah being in front of cameras getting thousands and thousands yeah. of questions on Twitter or Facebook they went or, down
2: that road a little bit on the show oh, oh yeah totally yeah. yeah
1: yeah I like the show the moment in the show where you're like they, they asked like well have you guys ever like you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're like insinuating like, yeah. like groomed like group sex mm-hmm. and I think it was Rhonda who was like oh no we've never shared the same bed before oh wait no that one time in vegas yeah. and then they just like yeah. left it alone i thought that was brilliant <laughs> i was like way to go oh
2: i love my ronda she's awesome
1: she's so awesome she is all your moms are great they are they're awesome yeah. love them yeah.
2: all right so growing up yeah um good memories uh <clears throat> some of my most fond memories are going down to my aunt robin's house the second wife going mm-hmm. down to her house and playing it's just like a second home you know it's like your other mother and you go play with your sister and play dolls and yeah you know and then it's time to go home and you go home and eat snacks i I don't know or she would even offer you a snack you know it's just kind of like you have more than one mom who's looking out for you you have another person who cares about you who Mm -hmm. wants your well-being just as much as your other mother or, or just as much as your own mother Having, this can get confusing. No, oh, no, no.
1: No, I, no, I, I, I understand.
2: Right. So, like, <laughs> so for
1: the lay people who are listening in from like Bulgaria or wherever. Um, so your dad, five wives, you're the oldest of the first wife. Mm-hmm. And you had essentially four other moms. Right. In the way that they were motherly towards you.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, it's not like, you know, the third wife gave birth to your arms yeah. and the fourth wife gave birth yeah. to your feet, yeah. you know, it's and not they like only you
2: cared about you just a little bit there. You yeah. But here, yeah, they all cared. And I knew that growing up that every single one of my moms was there for me if I needed them. Yeah. And they, you know, took care of me in the way that, you know, I was basically their own. I mean, obviously it's slightly different. I would look at it as like being, a, having a really, really good aunt. Like yeah. that's how I would compare it. Yeah. It's just having an aunt that you're really, really close with.
1: Well, don't you call, like, I call them mm, aunt. Yeah. yeah. Aunt Robin, Aunt Rhonda, aunt, aunt Rosemary. Ron. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, um, you know, I remember, uh, I, I actually remember my dad dating my Aunt Noni. I remember oh, going to, that's coming an up interesting, to Montana. Yeah, that's a
1: good road to go down. So what was it like to see your dad with three wives already mm-hmm. dating another woman?
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: um, I know that that's like, I mean, for you, obviously, it was normal because was of just the way normal. the yeah, way that it worked.
2: Exactly. Um, he, I remember coming up to Montana and coming to Noni's house and just looking at her. And I remember thinking she was really pretty. Yeah. And my dad telling me that this is, um, they were engaged or they had just gotten engaged um, and that he was going to marry her. And I was just like, wow. I I, it was just positive.
1: Another one, yeah, exactly. And then
2: I remember my Aunt Rhonda's um, wedding cake. I remember my Aunt Rhonda's reception, her you know wedding celebration. The last, the last wife.
1: I remember uh, Noni's wedding. I think because it was here in Montana. Yeah. Wasn't it? I believe so. Like there was so there was some celebration here, whether it was a reception or whatever. I remember it being because I know that your dad wanted to have a little bit more because Noni was really attached to being Mm -hmm. here in Pinesdale and everything else too because she grew up here and Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but I also remember the mint candies at that reception (laughs) and they were gross. They were so nasty. Yeah. It's disgusting. But yeah. So your dad dating another woman Mm -hmm. and getting, yeah, you're just like, oh yeah, look, we got another one.
2: Yeah. I I remember my Noni taking me into her little apartment and cooking orange cookies with me. And she or taught me, yeah, and she she taught me how to cook, and she had this little, like, those two plate stoves that you plug in. That's what she was cooking. Oh, on yeah, the, like a hot plate. Yeah, a hot plate. There you go. That's what it's called, hot
1: Oh, plate. my God. I remember that hot yeah. plate because I had ramen on that hot plate one yeah. time. It was Dude. after you, t- that was after you said that I can't play with you with your Lincoln Logs anymore.
2: <gasps> Did I really? Do you
1: remember that? I don't. Oh, man, you were such a bitch. Oh,
2: man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I look back, there's some times where I'm like, ooh, smack you, Carly. Uh, yeah, you were
1: a brat to me, because I was like, yeah, we wanted to play Lincoln Logs, and I had never played with Lincoln Logs before, I was like, this is, like, the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And you're like, well, we're going to be done playing with these now, um, yeah. so I'm going to have to put these away. And I'm like, but we're just,
2: uh. freaking kids. Yeah,
1: dude, you're so mean to me, oh, I've, I've never played with Lincoln Logs since. <laughs> Brings up too much trauma. I
2: ruined them for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. What are some other good stories? Christmas night. Oh, Oh, that's what I was going to add. uh,
1: Yeah, there we go. Okay, so (laughs) what was Christmas like for you guys? Because I know it was a little bit different for your family as opposed to our other mutual uncle, Polygamous uncle's family, in a way. Yeah. Were you guys all, like, your Christmases were, like, everyone all together all at once? Yes. yes. How early would you guys yeah. start to open presents?
2: Oh, I remember Christmas being done by like 6.30 a.m.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Seriously?
2: Oh, yeah. I remember waking up. So we had this mutual family room that we would gather in and do all our big family events and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And the night before, we would all the kids sleep over, get our sleeping bags, and mm-hmm. Santa Claus is coming. And I I remember hearing my mom's get-together to do the stockings and just laughing. And I, that's, that's a fun memory I have of laying there in bed, waiting for Santa Claus to come and hearing my mom's doing the stockings, just laughing and having fun together yeah. and stuff like that. And, and waking up the next morning, like waking up at one o'clock, oh, I probably shouldn't go and wake him up yet. Two o'clock, you know? And, and then I remember finally falling asleep. And then some of the younger siblings had woken up and gotten my dad and. 5:30 a.m. and christmas is going you know <laughs> dude
1: that's so early
2: i know oh my
1: god yeah. yeah ours we weren't allowed to start until seven
2: yeah i remember my dad making it a rule i remember the year that he said from now on we're eating breakfast first because we would do Christmas and stockings and then it'd be all done. And then we wouldn't want to eat breakfast because we had, had toys candy and, and toys candy and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I remember my dad making that rule that one year.
1: He probably had to talk to my mom to get some ideas because yeah. that's what we did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that was the way that it worked or not, but, um, yeah, cause we always did stockings first, then breakfast, then presents. Yeah. We get, we would get done with Christmas at like one thirty 30 PM.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was awesome. Christmas lasted the whole day instead of just like this explosion mm-hmm. of excitement in the morning. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden like, all right, yeah. yeah. mellow out for the rest of the day, take yeah. a nap.
2: For sure. That's how you should do it. That's, yeah. But, yeah. No, those are some good memories. And
1: What about vacations? Because you guys are a barge. Yes. Of a family. Yeah. I Trying remember to get your getting, guys out of the door was always seemed to be just a huge undertaking.
2: Yeah. I remember our big Y18 18 passenger van. Do you remember that thing?
1: <laughs> well, I remember playing Xbox in the back of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: man i i remember i loved vacations and i remember going into gas stations with the horde of my siblings and my dad and
1: dude what do those gas station employees think like oh
2: i just remember getting looked at <laughs> i just remember the the stares of just like that is a lot of kids are they all his like i'm sure that's what they were thinking and i i had pride i did i i think about those memories and how i felt in those moments and i was just like yeah this it's my is family my family deal this with is, it yeah Look, look we, at us. We're cool, we all you know?
1: want chips.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I do. I I have a lot of good memories of just, like, being really proud of where I came from.
1: Those poor Idaho Falls gas station employees. Oh, my
2: goodness. <laughs> I know. Having a lot of pride in my family, Having loving my family, having nothing but good to say about my childhood. I, I literally have... Sorry, I'm just trying to get to a place where I feel like I'm not on eggshells anymore because I don't want it to be that way I'm trying no, to like just be completely transparent and honest yes and um my mind is I think kind of scattered all over the place with that okay right now
1: that's totally um, fine um, <coughs> we can have you on the show again too by the way <laughs> there's no there's no reason why you can't be on again right I've already had uh yeah Tim was on twice already
2: oh yeah yeah cool yeah his
1: like episodes him. are great he,
2: he's awesome yeah he's a good kid um Okay, so no, I have nothing but good to say about my childhood. Love my childhood. Have a lot of pride. and I had a lot of pride in my family. Or I still do. You know, I still love my family and stuff like that. But as an adult and you get married, um, and you have your own relationship, your own marriage. You start to learn what it takes to have a marriage. Have and then a healthy you, marriage. And then uh-huh. I'm able to take a step back and see it from a different, whole different perspective. Yeah. I look at polygamy and I'm able to understand more of...
1: The minutia, the real nitty-gritty
2: details, it sounds exactly like. Exactly, of okay. like what it takes to have a marriage and, and to be, have a healthy, you know, marriage. And um, being really close with my dad and loving my moms and all of that. You gain a new perspective on what it takes for them. What, so sh- what shifted
1: for you? Like what was your perception before you got married of what marriage was? Mm-hmm. And then after getting married, mm-hmm. what did it become? Um... I mean, I, there's probably a ton, right? Yeah, of those things. I know. I'm.
2: I'm I, I. There's not like one thing I can say. Sure. I would just say, just I guess, fully understanding. I was probably more naive before I got married. I think anyone is. You get into a marriage and you are kind of naive as to what it takes to be this person you love and be their partner and so also you... take their shit. You know.
1: <laughs> so you mean to tell me that marriage isn't staying on a couch and just making out?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> No, I know.
1: Do you think that that's a trap that a lot of people fall into in the group?
2: I think so, a little bit. Maybe. Like, I think some go in with their eyes wide open. Others go in with a lot of Twitter-pated feelings, you know?
1: Twitter-pated. I love it. Rose-tinted glasses, for sure. (laughs) Everything's hunky-dory and everything because they think they, you know, they have this, you know, perception of what marriage is supposed to be with polygamy Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, well, my dad did it, so I'm going to do it too. Right. That's not how piney's talk, by the way, but, (laughs) um, some do might, uh, I don't know. Um, but then reality hits Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and like you've said, like marriage is tough.
2: It is. It's
1: a challenge and it's not something to just not take seriously.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, you, you get married to someone, not for the good times. Anyone can be married for the good times. Yeah. You get married and that's the commitment to stick through the hard times. Mm Mm-hmm that's why that's what that marriage you know the bond of marriage is is that commitment to stick through through the hard times because anyone yeah. can be married through the good times that's easy Yeah, It's easy stuff
1: yeah good times are easy duh yeah,
2: yeah. And, and so I think looking back looking into it I it, for me it's hard to separate my own feelings of that's my dad and I don't like that he's dealing with that marriage or I don't like that he's not mm-hmm. that that marriage but I don't like that he's dealing with that heartache I feel protective of like ugh I hate that. I hate that he he has oh. so much stress on him. Oh, I see what I, you're saying. I got you. Okay. Like he is he is dealing with five women, you know. And then I also see my mom and she, how she has to share her husband. And now that I am married for, you know, almost 8 years, I understand like marriage and what it takes to have a healthy one. I, I don't understand it. I'm trying my best, but <laughs>
1: And by this time, by this time, like you said you're married for 8 years. When your dad had been married, for, or your mom had been married for eight years, there was already three wives, right?
2: I was eight. Let's see. He, I don't know the timeline very well, but I do know he got them very quickly. Pretty. Yeah, it's kind of like, like, like was, one after the other after the right, other. Okay. right. I, I want to say it was, he, he was close to having all of them by the time I was eight or ten, something eight. like okay, that.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's nuts. And just, I always do that to kind of like put it in perspective of like what my life would be like if you, or if you had lived the life that your mom lived, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Say that your husband was a polygamist and mm-hmm. had picked up three, four five more wives mm-hmm. or four more wives or whatever.
2: Damn. If, if I compare myself to my mom at when she was my age, I would be a. I personally would be a basket case. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I, I, like I said, I don't, it, I don't.
1: Your mom's a powerful woman.
2: Yes. It takes a, it takes a very strong woman to be able to share her husband. Mm -hmm. And yes, they went into it, I think with more of an influenced mind of that's what you need to do, but now they're still choosing it and. Like what you said that's earlier a very it's, a, strong it's, a, point. it's a
1: daily choice. It's a daily choice. Daily for choice. Them to that's stay so together. important to exactly. say, I think. Yeah, and that whoa. that
2: speaks very highly of them in mm-hmm. being able to make that choice and stick around. And yeah. it doesn't come with, without its heartaches for sure. You know, and I would say that's probably my biggest point of like I see the heartache and I understand what it's like to not have to live polygamy. Sure. so I see it and it, sometimes I do get more frustrated, not with necessarily my parents or even um, like them, them personally, but just kind of the foundation and structure of polygamy in general and how it all came about. Mm-hmm. I get really frustrated and mad at that because I see the heartache that that belief system has brought so many people. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just this weird dance, too, because it, it's brought so much heartache, but at the same time, they're adults and they get to choose. Yeah, and but at yeah. what point is it there? They were taught informed and
1: consent versus almost coerced consent.
2: Exactly, and and that's I think where a lot of my frustration lies. And I I see the heartache of it, and they're you know.
1: Well, I think I don't think it's the farthest reach in the world to say that a marriage is tough, right? And then b. Marriage is even tougher when you're kind of married to a lot of people. Exactly. I mean, your dad is a great example, but not only just from your dad's perspective. And I know that there's a lot of stuff with like, okay, your dad does this, your dad does this, your dad does this. But I also want to acknowledge like not only your mother, but the other four, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like, and I would love to have all four or all five of them individually on the, on the podcast, um, just to talk about their experience. But the fact that you have, like, they're sharing their husband. Mm Mm-hmm that is not a simple thing
0: mm-hmm. that
1: is not a, a a walk in the park
0: mm-hmm.
1: marriage is not a walk in the park let alone mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing mm-hmm. that a he's sleeping with the other women mm-hmm. and loves them and cherishes them and treats them well it's not like he's neglecting them either
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but there might be feelings of that mm-hmm. you know and and that kind of thing and that that to me is so incredible The fact that they still choose to do that and it's not to say that like they're crazy for doing this lifestyle what are you thinking that's not what it is at all but i just want to acknowledge like damn i couldn't do that there's no way that i could do that
2: yeah and and that's that's where my point is too You, you you spoke it you know better than i could in that um i understand now all growing up i didn't understand what it was like to not only have one mom You know, so I always knew there was something I remember I I was in third grade and I remember learning that it just clicked in my brain. You know, when you have those aha moments. Yeah. Light bulb. Yeah. That not everyone has more than one mom. (laughs)
0: And and I was just
2: like, (laughs) yeah, whoa, whoa, not everyone has more than one mom. And in, in my brain, that my little third grade mind, I was just kind of like my mind was blown a little bit. Whoa!
0: Like, what?
2: <laughs> I I'm a little bit different. <gasps> oh, <Yeah. laughs> <You know, like, laughs> And um, and then as I've become an adult, I think too, it's just you just
1: you don't have to censor yourself. I know you want to, and it's like okay. Say whatever you want, and then we can come back and later and cut it out. Okay, all right. That would because I could tell that you want to say stuff, yes. But you're holding back. Don't hold back. Yeah. We can we can cut out whatever you want.
2: Yeah. Okay, we can cut out whatever we want.
1: Whatever you want.
2: Okay. As an adult, I am married, and i I have a loving relationship with my husband, and. I, you know, it comes with its trial and errors and all that, but it's a monogamous marriage and I'm not having to share him with any other woman. Mm -hmm. And I am close with my mom and I see the heartache that it brings to share her time Mm -hmm. and, um, and then to maintain a relationship, not only to share your husband, but also have a relationship with these women. Yeah. It's not just sharing him. It's also having a relationship with him, with these other women. And, you know, over years they've gotten really good at just, you know, having those relationships, but Mm -hmm. I get pissed that I see, I see the suffering. I see the heartache that having those relationships can bring and Mm -hmm. sharing your husband can bring. And I just, like I said earlier, like I had a great childhood and I have nothing bad to say about my family, but Mm -hmm. fuck polygamy. Yeah. I, the, the whole foundation of it, I feel like is just not a healthy one Mm. and it just brings so much heartache. It's not, the good doesn't outweigh the bad in my experience right now. Yeah. Um, And
1: I appreciate that you're, you're, you're speaking your own truth with that. And it sounds like what you're saying is like, while it might work for them, to them, for them, for you, you see a lot that doesn't add up. Yeah. To the point where you feel pretty strongly about that lifestyle in a certain
2: sense. Yeah. 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 If people go into it with their eyes wide open and educated and just really just grounded, mm-hmm. then okay, to yes. each their own. But I think because my moms went into it more um, brainwashed and more um, just being raised and taught that that's what you should do. And yeah,
1: the expectation. Yes. Like that's just the way yes. life is. It's
2: almost as it's almost as though they didn't have that choice. They mm. they didn't they didn't okay. see that they could not live polygamy and be perfectly fine and happy and not being yeah. shunned or turned away from their families, you know, like, and so the fact that it's being you, it's for me, that's, that's the kicker. That's where I just get pissed because another person words, another person, another man's words were taken as truth and manipulated to control people. Mm-hmm. And that, is never good.
1: I agree 100%. And
2: and my family is at the result of that. It, now, that's how it started. That's not how it is now, but that's mm-hmm. how it started. Yeah. And now they're having to choose to live with that heartache. Not having to choose, but, like, it's just... There's just a lot of baggage.
1: I... I, I don't think truer words have ever been spoken.
2: <laughs> and, and honestly, like my heart just kind of breaks for each one of them for the heartache that they have to deal with. Not just on my own personal mom, you know, like obviously yeah. she's mine. So I have, you know, more of a liking to her. Well, I mean, <laughs> just... how weird would it be?
1: How weird would it be? You're like, yeah, that's my biological mom, but my real mom
2: <laughs> is number four. <laughs> right. I know. Like it, it, all of them have their own heartache that they're dealing with and that just makes me sad. Yeah. And, but that's not mine to take on and that's, that's my journey right now Mm -hmm. is not taking on their baggage, not taking on their heartache and realizing that they're their own people and they're choosing their life. And Well,
1: yeah, you're an empathetic person and to say that that doesn't affect you would be a lie. Yeah. Like when you think about it, like there's so many people, I mean, it could go, you could use any example from any family structure from any culture. Like, how you view your parents influences you, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. My own personal experience has been unbelievably, overwhelmingly positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I can't get enough of my dad. I yeah. love him to bits. Same with my mom. They're the fucking best. Yeah. They're the best people I know. A hundred percent. Yes. And I'm very fortunate. I know of a lot of people just through the line of work that I do whose parents are grade A wagyu beef level quality pieces of shit. Yeah. You know, like just the worst human beings you can imagine. And I work with, you know, the fallout of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it could it can manifest in a lot of really interesting ways that mm-hmm. I can't talk about because of mm-hmm. HIPAA violations. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's the furthest reach to say that you're out of line by saying those things. Yeah. I think that's, that's a harsh truth. Yeah. And what we talked about earlier, like just because people don't like to hear it doesn't mean it's not true.
2: Right. It is the harsh truth. And I think too, for me coming to that realization was a hard one too, Mm -hmm. because like I said, growing up, I had a lot of pride in my family Yeah, and coming to the realization that my family actually has a lot of like issues. Yeah. Yeah. That they go through. And we were actually talking about this last night, my husband and I, um, Name one family that doesn't have issues. Every family has Every baggage. Single Every single one. Every single family has Every baggage. single one. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't make them.
1: But what's just
2: life. <laughs> yeah, but I the baggage
1: <laughs> about polygamy is what started this show. So.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> bro, bro, Joe Smith.
1: Yeah, good old brother Joe. Idiot. I'm going to say it right now. I don't care.
2: Yeah. But I don't yeah. like him. I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah there's, you know. I hate it because I'm like, oh, no, there's a lot of good things that come from polygamy, but I fucking hate polygamy. You (laughs) You just kind of just go, like, I love, there's so many good things because there are so many good things. So I feel like this, like, I can't just stick with my, I'm trying to play two fields. I'm trying to play two roles here, you know, but that's not what it is. It's just literally, I'm feeling both emotions at once i'm feeling that yeah. I, I love my family and mm-hmm. i will stand by their side and i support and i love like i don't want to talk badly about them at all and that's not what i want to do but it I wouldn't also be feel, truthful
1: to say that there's no like it wouldn't be truthful to say everything's fine
2: yeah exactly but i think every single person can take that stance in some shape form or another of just mm-hmm. like you know i have my own baggage from my own everyone can be a victim of their childhood Absolutely. Everyone can be if they wanted to be. Absolutely. And so it, for me, it's just like, okay, moving forward, you know, we're all adults. We take accountability for our choices. We're choosing this daily life. And mm-hmm. what I'm, where I'm at right now in my daily life is just trying to understand that they are coping. I don't even know how to say it. It's just, it's new for me. It's new for me going down there and going into the house and seeing how they interact, and being reminded, of, being reminded of the heartache that's there in an adult way and actually truly understanding it.
1: Gotcha. So what was your favorite thing about polygamy? Or what would you say is your, the, the best thing about it? From your perspective as the oldest of 26 kids, four other moms, including your own?
2: I think just the amount of people around you that love you. You just have so many people around you that That's love wonderful. you. That's wonderful.
1: I don't think, yeah, I mean, I've, I think I might have said this on the show before, but like it's a net positive to have more people in your life that love you. Like the more people in your life that care about you and want the best for you, mm-hmm. the better off you are, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, your other moms or the copious amounts of siblings that you have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a lot of people caring about you.
2: Yeah. For sure. It the amount the support system that you have. Yeah. Like one hundred percent you have hordes of people that want the best for you in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just it's a really, really good feeling. Yeah. To have that. Yeah.
1: Totally. That's so rad. Yeah. Do you want to end it there? Sure. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. That was great. (laughs)